0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org I shared my testimony or well, a little glimpse of it uh, last Sunday about burnout, about a year ago, so I'm still recovering. <laughs> It's been a long journey. It's been hard. With a lot of questions. But I'm so grateful that Christ never left me, not even once. And he's using this season of challenges, and sickness, and burnout, to be ever close to me and my wife, my family, but never to go back there, to grow, and to go deeper into the ways of Jesus, to find rest for our souls. And I think this is just so important. And uh, the Lord led me to this book last year. And I promoted it last week, and I'll do it again. It's called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Anyone get it? I, I know, I, many people texted me and said, I'm reading it. I'm listening to it. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's not just because this author is writing good stuff, as he's sinking his teeth into truth and the design and the rhythm that God created for us to live. When Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, he didn't mean living our lives in burnout and hurry sickness. That's not abundant living. Abundant living is allowing even in the midst of our frailties, in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our challenges, our roots can go down deep in God's love. And the deeper the roots, the stronger and more vital and healthy the life. Quote from this book, John Mark Comer, it's on the screen. It says, if the results you are getting are lousy, anxiety at a at a simmer mild depression high levels of stress chronic emotional hurt or pain uh, a little to no sense of the presence of god an inability to focus your mind on the things that make for life then the odds are very good that something about the system that your life is on is off kilter The way you've organized your morning or evening routine, your schedule, your budget, your relationship to your phone, how you manage your resources of time and money and attention. Something is out of whack. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but worshiping God isn't solely about music and singing songs. It is a pathway. It is a vehicle to do that. Worshiping God is all about your attention on God. Let me say that again because it's good and it's true. Worship is about presence, your presence with God's presence, being aware and attentive to God, connecting and engaging to the Holy One, And sadly where the majority of your attention is that is who or what you're worshiping hello the majority of where your attention and awareness and presence is often determines what or who you worship in the Bible it's called idolatry and this hurry world with all of its distractions speaking of distractions do you know that 90% of all spiritual warfare is distraction why if the enemy can keep us distracted from our attention on God he's won half the battle And so if we truly, we truly want to follow Jesus, we truly want to have that life in Christ that Jesus has offered and tells us about that is an abundant life, that rivers of living water flowing in us. Who wants that? Anyone else? Amen. If we want that consistently in our lives, we must and we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, not just the words of Jesus, not just the spiritual gifts that Jesus gives us, but literally the lifestyle that Jesus displayed, even to the cross where he says, you must suffer as I suffered. We must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And so, this is why we're focusing on Sabbath. Well, I thought that was an Old Testament term. Yes, it's also part of the Ten Commandments, in which I think we observe every one of those still. I don't think we're saying that you can murder, you shouldn't covet shouldn't have any other God, shouldn't commit adultery, but honoring the Sabbath, oh, that's Old Testament. Am I stepping on toes? Yes, it's just an opinion. I believe scripture does back it up. We're not talking about legalistic (laughs) crockpotting, no doing anything, getting out of the house because we must just do Sabbath. That's not what we're talking about. So today... I want to break it down into three points. Number one, Jesus is our Sabbath. Number two, Jesus isn't just our Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of our Sabbath. And three, we're going to look at practicals of what's needed in order to walk like Jesus with Jesus, and Jesus in us. So let's look at the first point. Christ is our rest. Just for those of you tuning in, or maybe you weren't here last week, we simply are saying, and and John Mark Comer, in practicing the ways of Jesus, uh, his website, uh, he says it this way, Sabbath is four things, four components. Stopping resting delight and worship there's nothing legalistic about those four things at all it's all relational but it's discipline to get your life released from the hurry sickness of this world so resting in christ is a daily rhythm is an eternal perspective is a mindset, but it's also an identity that believers have that we don't really understand that we have. If you have Christ, you have His rest. Just like if you have Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but so many people don't relate to the Holy Spirit. So many people don't ever give the Holy Spirit access to their emotions, to their responses, to their entertainment, etc. Christ is our rest. But there's also a point that I believe Jesus is trying to make and that God put in the very fabric of our creation and our being is that there is a 24-hour period in our week that we need to strip back to receive the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual rest that we need that most Americans don't experience anymore. And today, today, I just want to take a closer look at what it means to find Sabbath and rest in our lives daily, moment by moment, but also an intentional discipline of shutting things out to let the rest of Christ in. Are you following with me? So point number one, resting in Christ. I'm going to throw three scriptures at you. If you're a note taker, go ahead and take notes. You can pull out your phone and take pictures or you can watch it back on live stream. Colossians chapter two, Colossians chapter two, verse 16 through 17 says, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions or food or drink or without with regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. It's saying whether you do them or not, that's not where the judgment and con- condemnation should be. But it's pointing to these ceremonies, these Old Testament practices, and says that these are shadows of things to come. Just like, oh, several months ago, I did a, uh, a, a creative sermon on the tabernacle. The tabernacle was in Moses' day. And it wasn't just, a, just necessarily a physical place in all of history in the Bible for people to connect with God and worship God. But it was a foreshadow to Jesus and to us becoming the tabernacle where God's presence would reside. And it's a heavenly model of worship today. And so is Sabbath a model of the rest that only Christ provides. And the substance of Sabbath belongs to Christ. If Christ is not in the center of your rest, it's legalistic in all you do. It's just religion. It's just empty words. And usually you return as exhausted and empty as you came in. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Could you read this out loud? It's a little quiet like crickets out there. I want to make sure you're still with me. Here we go. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Stop there. Where's the people of God in the room? Right here. Okay, thank you. Just making sure we're all here. Attendance, right? Verse 10, here we go. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Now, Hebrews 4 is more talking about an eternal rest. But the point is being made that resting in Christ is resting from the works of this world and resting in him alone. And there is coming a rest. Some will enter it sooner than later, sooner than others. But it's a rest where you are in the presence of the Rester Himself, Jesus Christ, where there's no more sorrow, there's no more labor, there's no more pain, there's no more turmoil, there's no more trials or challenges, crying, sickness, and no death. That is a place of eternal resting in Jesus. And I just, before we go to the next point, I just want to make this absolutely clear. Yes, we can have rest in Christ moment by moment, but yet we have also been given a gift from God that is sewn into the fabric of creation to intentionally take a 24-hour period just as God displayed. He didn't need it. He put it into the rhythm of creation to set it apart, not just for just resting and breathing and entertainment and maybe sleep and all that is good, but it's to be holy, meaning set apart for God's purposes. It's a time to breathe in his presence, a time to slow way down, a time to enjoy the gifts he's given, finding rest for your soul, which, by the way, when we do that, it develops rest for our Monday through Friday and Saturdays. And the last scripture, I want to give you on this point of resting in Christ, even maybe a little bit more practical idea of what it looks like is found in Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. And it says, I appeal to you. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. And I feel like Paul's even saying, which, by the way, is your spiritual act of worship. Not just music. Not just creeds you say on the screen. Not just good teaching. But presenting yourself and giving all that you have and all that you are over to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And then here we get in to where rest and Sabbath comes in. Do not conform to this world, but be, what's that word? What's that word? Transform by the renewal of your mind. You cannot renew your mind if you don't stop and rest and slow the heck down. I'm speaking from daily experience. If you want more testimony on that, see my wife. But I'm not where I was. And in a month or two, I'm not going to be where I am today. Because I'm being transformed. By the renewal of our mind that by testing, we don't like that word. By testing and stretching. what the will, or excuse me, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's wrap this point up. Jesus is our rest. You cannot have this kind of rest for our souls without having Jesus at the center of that rest. And we can live in that rest. By everything we do in every moment and second of our day, whether you're at the computer working or you are doing whatever you do in your work field or whether you're sitting in your home or, or, or sleeping or working, whatever it is, you can have that rest solely based on the work and the person of Jesus Christ. But there's a rest that is also within the rhythm of our week to slow things down, to refill our cups so that we have something to give and pour out. And I feel like I'm preaching to myself. So rest is a gift given by God through Jesus Christ. Can I throw another scripture at you? Yes. I'll talk to you, Anita. No. It's called John 15. This is I have so many favorite scriptures, but this is one that I'm learning. And every time I read it, God is showing me something different. He says, abide in me, that means remain. There's another word that I found that actually can be associated with abide is endure. It's not just where everything goes well that we're abiding in Christ. It's when all hell breaks loose and your rock, your, your boat gets shipwrecked upon the rock. You have to Endure and you can do nothing apart from Jesus. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That is what Jesus is trying to say about rest for our soul. Is Jesus the center of your life providing rest for your soul? Point number two, first is Christ is our rest. Point number two is Christ Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. We don't serve the Sabbath, we serve our Lord. But we understand that God placed, and created rest for a purpose, and it is connecting and engaging underneath the lordship of Jesus. Amen? Let's look at Mark in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, chapter 2, please, chapter 2, verse 27 through 28. Then Jesus said to them, this is, by the way, just to kind of set it up, uh, Jesus and the disciples, they're following him um, on his journey to the next place. And uh, some religious leaders were kind of following them. If you've seen The Chosen, they show this scene really well, where they're just kind of spying in the wheat and just kind of watching from afar. And the disciples picked the grain of wheat, which in Jewish rule was against the Sabbath. Couldn't work even picking food for yourself. And uh, that's called legalism. And Jesus said to the religious leaders, it's almost like he's saying, hello, duh, like you should know this. The Sabbath, hello, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. but you make the Sabbath for people to meet the requirements of the law. Now you see why they hated him? (laughs) So the son of man is Lord, king of kings, ruler, the author and finisher of the Sabbath. Is Jesus the source of authority In your life. If he is, that means he's also the authority over your rest, over your priorities, over your schedules, over your thoughts, over your commitments and agendas. And I do believe that if Jesus would walk in and take an assessment on where we are in this area. It would be interesting to hear what he says. And I wonder, I wonder if it would be anything like when Jesus walked in the temple and started flipping tables. Because the people of God reversed it completely wrong. And the purpose of that temple was abiding and prayer and engaging with the Father. And they turned it into an economic system of gain. How would Jesus lay out a new plan for your life (laughs) if he truly was Lord of your life? And you gave him permission to show you where things need to change. Matthew chapter 7, verse 18. Jesus again is challenging and stretching people. And he says this about a parable. Maybe not a parable, but a kingdom principle. He says, so every healthy tree cannot, it cannot bear good fruit. Excuse me, excuse me, thank you. Thank you so much. A healthy tree cannot bear, thank you, say that, yeah. Nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Think about that. If Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, Lord over your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your will, then that means you are sealed in Christ through the Holy Spirit. You are a healthy tree because Christ is Lord of your life. How are you producing fruit of rest in your life today? You see, what we do, how we prioritize life, even how we respond and react in the moment comes from who we truly are grounded in, who we are. In the theater world, we tell actors you you perform as you practice. Practice lousy and don't have a good work ethic your performance is not going to be as good as it could be. Military and first responders, they know that when emergency comes and adrenaline gets kicking, they fall back on their strongest training. And so what we do comes from who we are and it's it's where good fruit emerges from deep and healthy roots are you resting in Christ who is the lord of your life let's bring it all together so what's needed How do we change the course? How do we make this practical in our lives? How do we find a place where we're being with Christ and being who we are in Christ before we're doing? I was told as a young Christian... God never called you a human doing. He called you a human being on purpose because you're being with him. Out of the overflow of your rest in Christ comes everything else. So what is needed for you to begin to apply today and tomorrow? As you walk out of these doors, And you go into the routine of your life. What is needed? Honestly, so many authors who talk about rest, so many Christian commentaries on rest talk about a total clean break from the patterns of this world, Romans 12.2. Some of you need a total clean break from your present habits and rhythms that are keeping you from resting in God. Some of you need a tune-up. Some of you need a calibration. Calibration. Some of you just need to actually use the breaks you've been given. Listen to this quote here by Pete Schizero. He's the author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and all the other books that follow that that talk about the same principle. He says, We are so full of distractions. Remember spiritual warfare. Worries and plans that our inner world as jam packed, allowing limited room for God to fill us. The radical decision is to end our addiction, not to drugs or alcohol, but to the addiction of tasks and doing. We must flee from a life of overcommitment and hurry in order to learn how to be, oh, Phil, before you do, this decision is grounded in a deep inner resolve in which we affirm, I can not do this. I'd rather die than not go on this journey regardless the cost. So how will you begin to prioritize And schedule your life by the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in order to be able to rest in Him, which then will flow everything else. I'd like to just give you a few suggestions. Take them or leave it. Everyone is different. Some things work for others when they don't work for others. Um, other people. Number one is plan it. Plan it. Put it in your schedule. There's so many Christian resources out there to even plan and reminders for prayer and abiding and pausing. Plan it. If you're married, get in alignment with your spouse. And start to create what this kind of rest looks like for you all. Sometimes we're just overcommitted or doing too much. Number two, be creative. This is all about joy in the Lord, fulfillment and rest in the Lord. When we do our Sabbaths, and again, we're still trying to figure out with almost a nine-year-old and almost a six-year-old how to do Sabbath. (laughs) And so we developed called the Sabbath-Nelson games, the Nelson Sabbath games. We literally make up games as we go. Keepy Uppy from Bluey, have you ever seen that? So we have records for that, Nelson records. And And we do different fun, stupid, silly stuff that we would never do in front of you. (laughs) But it brings us life. And our kids are never gonna forget it, especially how many belches daddy can do in a minute. (laughs) How do you need to find rest? And the last thing I would say is really tap into reflecting and worshiping and delighting in God. Because I think we can even get busy in doing in Sabbath stuff. So we need to be careful of that. So as the band comes up, I would love for you to just bow your heads Just ask the Lord to filter everything I said through his Spirit and His Word. God, more than anything, I, I don't I don't want to leave this place not changing in some form or fashion by the message of your word. Lord, would you help us? Jesus, we need you. We long for your rest. I pray that you would silence all the lies of the enemy, of justification, excuses, and reasons why we can't rest, or shame, or guilt, or regret from looking back and seeing how we've messed everything up without resting. Silence those lies. Jesus, you give us new mercies every morning. This is a fresh start today. Meet with your children and do what only you can do as we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray.